morning, everyone. It is the 27th of October, a Thursday. Good morning, Henry. How are you? Fine, thanks, Leighton. How are you? It's good. I'm not too bad as well. Might as well start off with the overnight. It was a bit mixed over in the US, wasn't it? Uh, It was a little bit mixed. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't. I've got to say, the Dow was pretty much unchanged, up two whole points. The NASDAQ fell 2%, and we did see NASDAQ losses yesterday in the NASDAQ futures, so it wasn't entirely unexpected given Microsoft and Google both had an adverse reaction to their results which came in below expectations. Compounding that I suspect is also the fact that uh, the artist formerly known as Facebook Meta did report as well overnight and those numbers were also suboptimal and uh, that probably is suggesting a little bit more weakness in those big tech stocks. Interestingly Facebook could actually drop out of the top 20 S&P 500 companies. NASDAQ futures currently at the moment I've got to say just flashing up up 45 points and Dow futures up 154 so that is a positive for our market but certainly uh, those big tech stocks at the moment really uh, doing it tough and we do have Apple results tonight as well so uh, that is interesting Uh, the big thing that happened last night once again is we are seeing uh, 10-year yields in the US coming off we're also seeing the US dollar uh, coming off and that's really helping equity markets around the world to some extent also helping commodities we saw the oil price better as well uh, that was up 2.3 percent in brent crude and copper had a really good night up 3.4 percent dr copper as it's known uh, which is uh, sometimes a bellwether for economic activity around the globe aluminium was up nearly uh, 4.8 percent so some big rises in resource stocks overseas and as a result we are seeing this morning our resources doing relatively well here our index currently up around 25 points spy was showing up 26 points it is relatively quiet uh, the big news today was the ANZ results which came out and for a moment they looked as if they were okay and I when I looked through them uh, they did look a little okay but maybe a little disappointing on the NIM increase uh, and the stock has uh, tanked in uh, trade it opened pretty flat in fact it was actually better for a smidge of a time but uh, now it's down 4.2 percent dragging the banking index with it uh, that's actually 9.8 index points all by itself cba is down two percent so that's certainly um whacking things but we are up 24 points really it is resources that are doing that today um, the other interesting thing my friend Leighton, that happened overnight is the bank of canada now we don't often we don't often look at canada do we um in fact let's face it we don't often look at europe really in terms of what's happening with their stocks results last night from europe were pretty good bank results were pretty good but canada is an economy not unlike our own and last night the bank of canada blinked and they did raise rates but they only raised rates by 50 basis points and the market was expecting 75 basis points so There is a theory. It is a long shot. There is a theory at the moment, though, that the central banks are wavering in their hawkishness and in their interest rate aggressiveness. So there is that theory that maybe the Fed won't go as hard. But um, something we discussed this morning in the strategy piece, Marcus, obviously still away. So I thought I'd just update people on on where we are and what's happening. But um, yeah, RBA next week. And that 7.3% rise yesterday in the CPI does make life a little interesting for the RBA let's face it yeah it definitely does and I think yesterday I saw the probability of a 25 basis point rate hike has pretty much gone up to as close as you could get to 100% but they're still not really expecting much higher than that I don't think 
Uh, well, that's not true, my friend. That's not true. Um, long-time market um, doyen in terms of chief economist Bill Evans at Westpac now is suggesting the RBA should raise rates by half a percent on cup day to 3.1%. So um, I don't know quite, and this is something I discussed uh, this morning in the strategy piece, I don't know how you can um, cure food price rises, which some of which are due to floods, some of which are due to higher energy prices, and we're all seeing that. I don't know how you can cure food price rises with higher interest rates. I don't know how you can cure energy price rises, which um, we're going to be seeing in the next couple of years with higher interest rates. I mean, they are what they are. You've got to eat. You've got to, you've got to feed yourselves. So you may go to Aldi more, but, um, you know, that's um, it's, it's hard to take that demand out of the equation when the rises are coming from things that you need. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of, it is hard to see how increasing interest rates is going to have an impact on that when it is just the essentials. Like, it's not the discretionary spending that's really no. keeping inflation up. No, well, if you actually look at the numbers that came out yesterday from uh, the CPI number, uh, which I did have a look at this morning, uh, the sort of recreational bit if you like, um, was only up 1.3%. So that's interesting in itself. Um, food prices up 3.2% in the quarter. Recreation and culture being discretionary spending is only up 1.3%. So mm. rents rents at the moment, again, it's it's kind of non-discretionary. Um, food prices, rents, energy. I don't kind of see how the RBA, by hurting more and more people as their fixed rate mortgages roll off, um, is going to um, clamp down on those costs so yeah it's, it's an interesting one i have to say yeah sure is um i'll go through some of the announcements this morning because there is a whole lot of them well there is ANZ being the biggest one and we'd have to put in a mayor culpa as well Leighton, because I thought and was anticipating the Macquarie numbers out this morning, uh, but they're not out till tomorrow. So yes. all that excitement, I thought we were going to see the Millionaire's Factory produce their numbers for naught. <laughs> well, we've got out today, though. Red 5 is up 6.5% on some gold sales increases. That's up 80%. Hum Group is up 5.2% as they reported their first quarter numbers. Newcrest Mining is up 2.8% with their production actually decreasing 17.3% versus the last quarter. Down the bottom end, obviously, you said ANZ started up a little bit but then has dropped down now. We've got Adore Beauty down 4.5% as their revenue decreased 29% and Corporate Travel is down 3.1% after they announced that guidance was unchanged. I didn't see too much that seemed too bad in there. You had a look at that, didn't you, Henry? Did you see anything that stood out there? Uh, not really. I, I must admit, I did have this argument with um, Nathan on uh, the Ausbiz Investment Committee yesterday, who's a big fan of Flight Centre, you know, for the reopening trade. I did point out yeah. that we have actually reopened, if, if he hasn't actually noticed that. <laughs> Uh, we have actually reopened. Things are back to normal. People are traveling and have been for some time. Maybe this is the problem that we've seen with corporate travel is that, um, you know, realistically, um, you know, it was a bit disappointing that maybe we should be seeing more corporate travel uh, increasing and a, an upgrade to guidance. Maybe the market was going for an upgrade to guidance, but um, yep. didn't happen. Unchanged. So probably a little bit of disappointment baked into that one. Yeah. A couple more that I'll just touch on was JB Hi-Fi. They reported 14 0.6% sales growth year on year and Fortescue Metals is up 
just over a percent. So they recorded record iron ore shipments, but they did note increasing costs for the quarter as well. Uh, interesting, isn't it? Uh, there's a lot of people talking increasing costs. We, we know that uh, inflation is out there. If you're buying big ticket items to uh, to maintain your mines or, or even build mines, it is expensive and it's more expensive to do. Uh, Linus uh, was out this morning as well, one that I know you hold in the growth portfolio, which uh, also yeah. came out today talking about the increasing costs they have and so um yeah it's it's not easy at the moment for businesses yeah as you were saying with linus though it looks like it's pretty well already priced in because they haven't really done a whole lot they're barely changed on the release yeah. it didn't didn't seem too positive they're actually up five and a half percent now so there we go so oh. they're looking they're looking yeah. uh pretty good uh they, they did allude to the problems they're having with um malaysian water there has been a scarcity of water which has affected production but that does look as if it's behind it now. Uh, market's still pretty skittish in places, but a uh, uh, 5% pops. Okay, so I'm happy to take that, I guess, as we hold it. Yeah, and all of the gold sectors looking pretty much positive so far this morning after a pretty nice bounce in the gold price last night. I think it was up just over a percent or around about a percent. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Um, everyone's got excited about the bullion price because the uh, US dollar's coming off and the gold price <laughs> is going up, but in Aussie dollar terms, it's going down. So, um, you know, um, no one seems to care about the fact that the Aussie dollar gold price goes up or down. It's really the US dollar gold price, yeah. um, but we are seeing some gains in that sector today. Yeah. Uh, would you like to go through your strategy and Henry's take today? I'm um, sure. Um, well, I guess the strategy, Marcus, is away uh, for another couple of days. Strategy hasn't changed really in terms of the market. We have pushed through 6,800. I have to say it's not that convincing. But uh, what is good, I guess, is that the massive drag that we have today from the banking sector, it's about 35 points of index from the big four banks alone. So uh, given that we're up 20 points, if we uh, had a stable banking sector, we'd be up 55. So uh, that, that is uh, that is positive. We are seeing a lot of companies uh, out and reporting at the moment. As I say, the interesting thing was the Bank of Canada last night with that, uh, with that move on interest rates. So uh, I think that is going to... Uh, um, give the bulls something to think about. Um, but also, uh, just to, talking today and the strategies of seeing how things are going. So I've just put in uh, the two uh, portfolios, these ideas portfolio and the strategy portfolio, just to give people um, an idea of what's going on. As far as um, my stuff goes, I guess I've got a few too many stocks in the basket at the moment. It's performing all right. Unfortunately, my high conviction stock, or lithium, which I tipped at FinFest, mm. which was looking splendid, <laughs> was uh, was doing so well. It was up. At, it went from a dollar fifteen when I um, when I talked about it. It was up to a dollar forty five, dollar fifty yesterday. Has been whacked six and a half percent today. Uh, they failed to agree on terms with Tesla. I'm, I'm not sure that's a terribly bad thing to be honest, because uh, these offtake agreements are great. But you know, and they're used for the basis of funding. These guys have got the funding. They don't really, you know, it's not the end of the world. They haven't got an offtake agreement with Tesla. Looks good, doesn't it? If you've done a deal with Tesla, but uh, at the end of the day. Um, there's so much demand out there at the moment that really you can do your own deals and these guys have done their own deals. So I'm not too concerned about that. Uh, it may just be another chance to get in. Still like that stock, I have to say. Lithium space still remains interesting. Uh, there was uh, We had um, Pilbara fell 7% yesterday. There was a few downgrades around. I love these brokers. The brokers are fantastic. They've got it so wrong. Now, this thing, you know, they've still got it. You know, they've been updating their price targets uh, massively, but they still 
get their underperforms in because they've gone <laughs> too, too high. <laughs> there's they're half, you know, some of them had price targets at $2.60. The stock's trading at five bucks. Mate, let's face it, you got it wrong. And no matter how much you raise your price target, eventually uh, you, you, you're throwing in the towel, basically. It's only a matter of time before you go from underperform to hold, hoping that it comes back a bit. It did yesterday. It's bounced a little bit today. So um, I'm not too concerned about the likes of uh, UBS. Certainly, you know, Pilbara had a massive, massive run and uh, deserved to have some profit taking. You know, $5 is a big, big price for this stock. So not unusual to see uh, profit taking in some of these stocks, I have to say, Leighton. Yeah. So did you say what the stock was that you were looking at cutting out? Was it Pilbara? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I did. Um, I'm looking. Well, I bought, um, I bought John Lee. Group or John's Ling Group at five dollars fifty-five after the CEO flogged uh, four million shares to buy a house. Um, you know, <laughs> man's got to buy a house. He's got to live somewhere. So uh, I picked those up at five fifty-five. They were trading at uh, you know six fifty odd uh, yesterday, and you know that's that's a nice easy twenty percent gain in a couple of weeks on uh, on you know nothing really substantially apart from the bloke <laughs> wanted to buy a house. I mean, come on, these are these are two good opportunities to to pass up. Stock has dropped one and a half percent today, so I am still uh, looking to exit that around six fifty. I know I'm penny pinching, but there you go. Um, that's um, the nature of the beast. What is interesting? What is interesting, Leighton, is we have midterms coming up in the U.S. Changing, changing, switching gears, as they say. Well, we have midterms yeah. in the U.S. coming up now. My uh, my old buddy Richard Coppelson from uh, from Bell Potter has been doing some work on this. And uh, we talked about this actually, funnily enough, on the investment committee thing that I did yesterday with uh, with Ben Clark, TMS Capital. And he was talking about the performance of the market post midterms in the US, the S&P, in the year post the midterms. The average rise, get this, mm-hmm. is 47%. The average rise. The average rise in the S&P 500 from the low in year two, which is where the midterms are, to the high the following year is 47%. And this goes back to 1934. Something to think about. And when you consider, let's just put some other bones around this. When you consider that the US market has had every possible excuse to swoon and drop with uh, Alphabet, Microsoft, Meta, all coming in below estimates, Spotify, etc., had every opportunity to swoon and drop and hasn't. I'm not sure what that's saying, but um, you know, it um, it may be that the midterms. And I, I don't know whether it's the reason is that once the midterms, you know, it's usually that the, the people in power lose power in the midterms, and then we get governments that can't do anything. And that's always good for Wall Street. They like people <laughs> not to change the goalposts. So maybe maybe that's the reason why. But yeah, that's that's a big number, isn't it? So yeah, something okay. to consider. Definitely. Uh, there was a couple of other interesting things that I saw in your take today when you were talking about Coles and Woolworths, which is supposed to be inflation proof, but yesterday got absolutely whacked. Well, they've been whacked for a while. They've been absolutely dull. Yeah. You know, yeah these are supposed to be defensive stock. Yeah, exactly. It's an interesting it's an interesting look because they do have that uh, title as the really defensive stocks, but when you look at them over the past year or so, they haven't really performed as well dogs. as you would have hoped. <laughs> no, they've been terrible. Yeah, what was interesting, and I wrote this this morning in, in the article, was the other day I went into my local Woolies, which has changed into a Metro, and if you spent over 50 bucks, they gave you 10 bucks off. Really? <laughs> 
<laughs> Why? <laughs> That's a pretty good deal. <laughs> Straight ten bucks off. You know, um, people Super. talk about um, you know the wonders of these supermarkets and how defensive they are, but you know, they're giving me ten bucks <laughs> for just buying my groceries. It's all right. Might get you yes. back in there. Uh, well, I'm hoping that tonight I win the hundred and sixty million dollars on the uh, Powerball jackpot. Yeah, that was um, the last thing. Yeah. Um, interesting. Jumbo Interactive should be a winner from this one. J I N is the stock code there uh, it should be a winner from this because uh, more people sign up to uh, to do their powerball tonight um, and more people means more people to market to as well so it, in theory in the past it has meant the bigger the pots uh, the bigger the jackpots the, the the better jumbo interactive is um hasn't really kicked a lot although it did bottom around 1170 odd now it's 1340 so it's, it's kicked a fair bit but you know 160 million if you don't hear yeah. from me tomorrow like you'll know why <laughs> I'll be I'll be asking for a handout I think just Ooh. a little bit to get me started haven't <laughs> <laughs> you got your own bank of mum and dad <laughs> oh, it doesn't have that much money in it though <laughs> yeah. well 160 would be quite nice yeah it would be yeah, there's another one that I'll just touch on quickly. We've got Bank of Queensland down 5.8%. They went ex dividend today. The dividend yeah. was only 24 cents and it's currently down about 45 cents, so a fair bit more than that dividend. Well, given that um, they've had a massive rally on short covering squeeze and all the banks have just been smacked today because they've all rallied so hard. Yeah. Um, you know, ANZ down 4.7, Westpac down 2.3, Combank mm. and NAB's the best. You know, hardly a surprise. <laughs> uh, I've also got the long-term portfolio section coming today. I haven't finished writing it up because we've been flat out with all of the results that are coming out. Yeah, it's um, we always look at February and August as result season, but I've got to say November and October is now <laughs> shaping up as the third pillar in the result season. Yeah, yeah, they just keep coming this morning. Yeah, they do, they do. The hits keep on coming. Yeah, and yeah. Stuart has his technical section in again today, yeah. which is just going over the sectors and the ranking the sectors right. what's what's the best one energy still which it has been pretty much the entire time since he started writing for us so yeah just continues to it's, push it's higher. Been a, been a dominant theme. Let's face it. Even the odd day when uh, things turn a little down, uh, the coal stocks soon fight back again. You know, we've got yeah. Whitehaven up another 4.6 percent, banging on the door of 10 bucks again. So yeah, um, and yeah. Woodside up 2 percent. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of strength in there. Yeah. Do you have much more to add this morning, Henry? I did add a stock yesterday, European Lithium, which I think may have been a bit hasty, but we'll wait and see. They did a deal uh, where they're going to be selling their Wolfsburg Lithium asset in Europe into a SPAC. Everyone hates SPACs, but they're valuing, they're getting 750 million US worth of SPAC, and the company's only valued at $130 million. I must be missing something here. I know the SPACs are going to, you know, it's going to halve probably, but still, even if it halves, European Lithium seem to have had it away on their toes, as they say. So anyway, we'll see. Um, bit, bit more of a punt, bit more long term, but I guess I'm getting a bit carried away with lithium, perhaps. <laughs> Plugging the horse a bit. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a lot of those. So um, yeah, but um, has been a good sector, and a lot of people have made a lot of really good money in it. So um, you know, you look at something like mineral resources, which is nearly 80 bucks. Can you believe yeah, that? Back in July, it was 44 dollars. Here we are, at 80 bucks. It has 
double. Yeah. And not only has it doubled, but it's doubled while iron ore has been going down. And that's their big business. Yeah. You know, lithium's a big business as well, but you know, iron ore is one of their big businesses. So um, we, we looked at it yesterday on the Ausbiz Investment Committee thing, and we have decided that we're going to take some profits in that one because it has just run too hard, too fast. Yeah. When, wrong, when did you are. pick that one up? What was the gain on that one in the that portfolio? Ah, uh, uh, this is in the uh, Ausbiz thing. Um, yeah. I've, you know, we picked that up back in uh, February at $43. So we doubled our money oh. on that one. Yeah, so, oh, yeah. But, you know, we've, we've had some stummers as well, so yeah, it's not, yeah. Uh, it's not all, not all beer and Skittles late, and it never is. Beer and Skittles, nice, <laughs> perfect combo. Yeah, uh, well, that probably finishes what I've got to say. If you don't have anything else to add, up for the mechanical ball, squeeze your thighs, hold the rope, and hang on. Nothing's Sounds changed. good, nothing's changed. Yeah, we're currently up. 32 points, so just ahead of the futures, and looking like we're yeah. starting to make back some of that. It's not, it's not stellar, but the um, the US futures is probably helping our market and that resource space. But the key is, I think, is that US dollar continuing to come off, uh, bond rates yep. coming off. We've got the Fed coming up next week, RBA next week as well. That 7.3% is a big number, but will it be affected by the RBA? That is the question. Who breaks the butterfly on a wheel? You're way too young to remember that. I've got no idea what that is. There's a very famous article written by William Rees-Mogg, who was the editor of The Times in London back in the 60s when they were trying to imprison Keith Richards and Mick Jagger for drug offences. He's the father of uh, that idiot in the Tory party, Jacob Rees-Mogg. I've, I've got no idea what you're talking about now. I know who Mick Jagger is, obviously. Oh, but... thank God for that. <laughs> I, was just, I was just about to despair. <laughs> I was just about to despair, like... Uh, more more wisdom as always. Thank you, Henry. <laughs> I don't know if it's wisdom. <laughs> I'll leave you to it. No worries. Thanks for that. Thanks, mate. Have a good one. Cheers. Yeah.